0: Now it's time for a breakdown.
1: Thank you, Nick. Nick.
0: You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown.
1: Three two. Double drilled deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. Three thousand history with an exclamation point. Back to fall.
0: episode number 71 and there are no tears left to cry there's no more baseball to be played
1: um well don't say that we still have uh what is it winter ball that is never televised are you gonna pay attention to that no absolutely not they they don't show the fucking games
0: fall instructs um I have, from what I have seen of the Fall Instructs, though, it's Bat Flip City. The kids are here to throw some bats, and I'm here for it.
1: Well, and that's uh, always a good thing.
0: Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the World Series champions, and they, they win it in six. We had a very exciting game five, and then Blake Snell was taken out. Um, i know it i know it's later in the week but we haven't recorded so um let's talk about the decision by kevin cash what did you think of it
1: so this is the, the new like the decision after lebron's antics back in the day like this is now the decision um at the time he was taken out he had what 70 like 60 or 71 pitches maybe? 71 yeah 71 pitches it was like um,
0: between sixty-eight and seventy-one. That's all I know. So it
1: could be sixty-nine. Uh, I think
0: it, I, I think it was sixty-nine, but I didn't want to be that guy. Could be nice, very nice. Could be a nice. It was a nice pitch count.
1: <laughs> nice pitch count. Um, clearly had the upper hand over the Doyers, and again, I think this harkens back to what we were discussing last week, um, when managers micromanage to the point that. It, you're you're not allowing the players to play. You're relying on Microsoft Excel to tell you what to do next. And, you know, we've seen this bite other teams in the ass this postseason. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it happened to the Dodgers. It's happened to the Yankees. The, the Yankees against the Rays. It's this exact, not the exact same thing, but a similar situation happened where you had a quick hook, and it, it comes back to bite you. Um, when a guy's dealing like that, especially in an elimination game, like regardless, uh, you know that this everything's on the table. And when you have between 16 and 70 pitches, you're pitching your nuts off, and it's what? Well, it was the sixth inning?
0: Yeah, it was the sixth. And it was 73 pitches he was yanked at.
1: Ah, well, not as nice, so I, I guess I get it now more than what we thought. But still, I, the point is... If you're Blake Snell and you know that you have it in control, you're pitching really well, you're not even scratching the surface of the, you know, quote-unquote pitch count, um, I'd be fucking pissed too. So I think Kevin Cash overplayed or overmanaged his hand there, and yeah, I mean, they lost, and that's a big reason why. I think it really just sunk team morale from there. It's like, why the fuck would you take someone out who's absolutely shoving and play a bullpen game?
0: Yeah, to me, I understand that, the analytics may say third time through the lineup uh, is when good hitting teams start to do their damage. But there comes a point where it stops. I'm going to steal it was a, a stupid phrase, but I, I think it reigns true. It stops being X's and O's and it comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's. Mm-hmm. And man, Blake Snell was on his Jimmy and his Joe. And the guy was just shoving and there comes a point in the world series where you defy lo- or like, like these the legends that are made are ones that defy logic and defy the analytics. Agree. And man it, it's just irritating. At the same time, however, there is something to be said for dance with the one that brought you there. And if the analytics are what got you to the dance. You trust what got you there. I think so, there's something to be said both ways. I land in the camp of let's now go do the damn thing.
1: I just I, I think analy- I'm, I don't want to say analytics don't mean anything because clearly in this day and age of baseball and professional sports as a whole, they clearly mean something. Now, I don't. I'm not one that thinks solely that, you know, numbers and stats or, or any of that is going to, there's always the human condition with anything, right? Like, and you, you touched on it. We're in the world series. It's an elimination game. There's different factors at play than if we were playing in mid August to, you know, get, you know, just to split a series. This it, We're not in that situation. So from that standpoint, I think Kevin Cash and the Rays, I know they're analytic heavy um, from you know everything that's been published with them. And I know he's a he's a vanguard for thinking differently. But at some point, I think you outsmart yourself. And yet you, you and I gave him credit for this last week, too. I said, I think Kevin Cash has the upper hand because he knows his team. And I don't think he really knew his team at this point I, I, like if you see the performance that your pitchers giving you at that 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 stage in the game of an elimination game uh, your team's doing well they're not blowing the ball off or anything it was a one nothing game so mm-hmm. i understand the reservation to say okay like third time through but he was at 70 pitches or a little over like
0: and what like the that's, fuck? that's what what bothers me about it is it was a one nothing game if it was 3 to 2 i think you could even justify or even 2 to 1 I think I could wrap my head around it a little more, but the guy was literally spinning a shutout.
1: Yeah, on Man, the biggest it, stage.
0: It, it it bothers me to see that that's where we're at.
1: On the flip side, though, I, I do get you know Cash wanting, but here's where that like I get him wanting to be cautious, um, you know, win by any means necessary. But at some point, you just have to just you got to throw the fucking book. Away And just look at what's happening in front of you. I think a lot of these managers and front offices get so sucked into this world of sabermetrics. And they probably spent the night before jacking off to Moneyball. And they just, you know, they lose focus on what's really happening. And, and at the same time, it, it, this is a real life game. This, you're not in a simulation right now. This is not the yeah. matrix. Um like, look what you guys doing. And and that was what I, I was very surprised because I had always thought like Kevin catch is a great manager because he knows his team. Um, and that kind of threw me for a loop. I thought, you know, he, he got bit by the, the same bug that bit Joe Madden years ago. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree. He got bit by the, yeah, man, it's just, it's so freaking frustrating to think that we could have, we probably could have, and, and I think would have had a game seven, Definitely. should you choose to leave in Snell.
1: Definitely. I mean, the good news I, I can see his thinking too, because most of his fan base are uh, in bed by the time he made that decision, so no one's going to criticize him.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, do you make anything of it being the lowest rated World Series in I don't know how long, but a while.
1: Uh, I do for the sake that there's not much else going on. Um, they didn't have to compete with the other sports like with uh you know the nba was done the nhl has been done so i mean football is happening but not on that night so yeah i i think it's a little telling i you know at the same time it's also it's the fucking oh, it's,
0: not, it's not even in a long time it's the least watched world series ever
1: yeah i mean that's a problem um i think the dodgers were a big pull uh the rays are not i mean let's be honest no one really gives a shit about the rays uh, aside from those weird like Fucking sabermetrics obsessed, you know, addicts. No one really gives a shit about them. Uh, so this was a, a low. It's it's actually it's it's similar to the Phillies and the Rays from 2008. That was a very low rated World Series. I, it, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was second. To it this.
0: was. It, it is now. It was second. It's now third. The the the, top, the bottom four, as I should say, now go uh, Dodgers Rays uh, of this year. Giants Tigers in 2012. Phillies mm-hmm. Rays in 08 and then Giants-Royals in 2014. Yeah. Um. How much do you ch- uh, chalk that up to just the Rays being the Rays? A lot. I, think, I do too. I think I anytime
1: too. a small market team like that is in the World Series, like you, you mentioned the Royals, like us as baseball fans, like true baseball fans, like we will watch it just because it's there. And, you know, a lot of people were pulling for the Rays that were watching it, I think, because they wanted to see the underdog story come to fruition. Um, but the casual fans, like if it's not a big market team, if it's not your Red Sox, your Yankees, your Cubs or whatever, uh, they don't really give a shit. And that yeah. was that was full front center.
0: Yeah, and it's that, to me it's upsetting. It is. But we saw highly rated NLCS games, so I'm not willing to, to, to chalk it up to people turning their back on baseball. I again, I'm turn I'm turning it to um, the Rays. Are
1: not a draw. No, that that makes sense. I think it's. I mean, yeah, it's the Rays. It's if they were in a different market and had more of a following, I think you'd see different results. Like I think, for for example, if it was like the Marlins, I think the Marlins get some fucking fans watching them just because mm-hmm. just because of the the underdog story there. The Rays were a good team the whole year. They've been a good team for the last few years. I think everyone in the back of their mind had this idea or notion that the Rays were probably going to make the World Series this year in a shortened season, and they did. And, you know, it just goes to show that not a lot of people care about the Tampa Bay market.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, All right. Let's move on from the World Series. The Mets have been sold after a long, long sale that felt like forever. The Wilpons have finally gotten that much needed bread
1: i think we were talking correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like we've been talking about the sale of the mets since last off season
0: it feels like it i I don't think you're wrong
1: so yeah i think there's a lot of weird things that happen with this um the fact that de blasio the mayor of new york city was trying to block the sale to cohen is fucking bananas to me Um, yeah
0: i don't I, i i saw that story i didn't really dive
1: into it so basically, the, the skinny of it is... the I mean, everyone knows this. I don't give a fuck what side of the aisle you're on. De Blasio is the worst fucking mayor in America. He's an absolute moron. And the fact that he wants to claim insider trading allegations against Cohen was the reason he wanted to block it is 100% bullshit. Um, I don't know the actual reason. Maybe they have a, a personal beef from years ago. But the fact that this guy is the, now the richest MLB owner in history... Uh, is now commandeering a New York market, and is about to bring relevance back to Second Fiddle to the Yankees. Should be more than enough for you to say, "I want this fucking guy in New York owning a baseball team."
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I'm excited to see what can because of, become of the Mets now. And man, I, I'm just excited. I, I think this is I think this is a good sale for baseball
1: this is probably the most noteworthy sale for professional sports in a little while when we think about mm-hmm. it um, I mean so his net worth I want to say is north of 14 billion uh, especially coming out of a, a pandemic like recession for major league baseball where they're gonna lose 11 billion estimated in revenue losses uh, so the the first and foremost thing what he's gonna do because he has, enough of a bankroll to be able to basically fund his own offseason how he sees fit. And we'll get into it in a second, but there's going to be a lot of noteworthy names on the free agent market because clubs can't pay for their club options, arbitration, they're going to decline arbitration. There's going to be a lot of people out there uh, looking for some money and Steve or the Mets, I should say, are, are going to be the only team that can, you know, fill that need. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to turn into a winning culture right away. I think if you win, or if you look to win through free agency in today's day and age, I think it's a it's a fool's errand. I think there's a lot more that goes into it. We just saw what the Rays did with you know a sixty million dollar payroll. Um, so I don't think it makes them automatic contenders, but I think it brings relevancy to the fact that New York is going to be you know energetic. Uh, the Mets are going to be energetic, and it actually brings some. Some type of sustainability to a a club that for so long has been, you know, just in the shadow of the Yankees. Do you
0: think in any way this changes the meme that the Mets have become?
1: No, because they have to win first for it to expunge that. And until the Mets put out a competitive product that's consistent and shows that they're built the right way it doesn't mean shit because i only, whenever i see money like this it brings me back to uh, i think 2011 when the eagles built the 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 dream team or whatever the fuck vince young called them um it was a free agent heavy market and the eagles ended up playing like dog shit so mm-hmm. i don't put too much stock into it i i think it, it brings relevancy and i think a lot of new york fans are fucking idiots so they'll see a lot of big signings and think the mets are back And they'll go to the games. If if of course, you know, people are allowed at the games, which I think they will be. But that's all it does for me. It doesn't make them bona fide contenders in the NL East. The NL East is is clearly on the up and up right now. We have Oh
0: my gosh, yeah.
1: We have so many good teams there. I mean you have you still have the Braves, uh the Marlins, who knows? That's the that's the big question mark there, if if that was real or not. In a shortened season, who knows how that translates to a full season um the nationals i think are still a good team i think they had a, an off season again shortened season you don't know and you know who's to say that a team like the mets is going to just take over that division all of a sudden just because they have the money now
0: i don't want st- to yeah I, I show me on the field show me on the field exactly I, and it's it's scary to think that we got a long off season before they can't show us on the field it's uh, scary.
1: It's scary, but I will say this like big props to Cohen. The first thing he said he wants to do is donate 17 and a half million dollars to New York city, small businesses and dramatically increase the giving to the Mets foundation in the coming years. He's also reinstituting all the pre pandemic salaries for Mets workers. So er, anyone that's had issues with layoffs or furloughs, Cohen is coming in right, right away and fixing that. So again, that just goes to prove that the Blazu, you're a fucking idiot. Um, you know, I think, Cohen, that's a great first act. Let's see how it huge, translates.
0: Huge move to gain the... Tr- I don't want to say the trust.
1: No, but, but to gain appreciation.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what this is? This is the boss that comes into the office and he got transferred from another store or another branch and... And on day one, he comes in and he buys lunch. This is this is Charles Minor. I was about to say this is Charles Minor coming in and buying lunch when Michael Scott bought bagels and C-shaped them bagels,
1: C's. C-shaped bagels. Took them all night to make too. No, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a good first step for him. I think it it you know it makes him. I don't want to say loved, but it definitely it boosts the the morale factor for Mets fans and just the, the people he employs. Again, we need I need to see results on the field before I crown the Mets anything. I still think they're a dumpster fire until I see anything change. Because, again, Brody is still the GM. And that guy has proven for two years now that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So
0: can we reasonably... Um, equivalent the Mets to screen
1: Mmm. Mm.
0: I mean, Brody's Dwight. No, because Dwight was successful.
1: Yeah, so I mm. was... I would equate this to the Stanford branch, where Brody is Andy, <laughs> and Cohen right now is Josh, because he's doing everything right so far. We haven't seen too much of him, but... He could be uh, he could be going to Staples soon. You don't know.
0: Who knows? You never know what uh, Dunder Mifflin is gonna or Dunder Metzlin is gonna go oh. to nowadays. <laughs> I like
1: that. <laughs> that was a good one. I'll give you that one. That's a good one.
0: Uh, all right, other baseball news. Uh, new managers in the AL Central. AJ Hinch <laughs> is going to Detroit. Um, what I I hate that I kind of like this move.
1: I hate that I understand the move. Um, I just, like, I, like, I'm sorry. I It's too soon. It's it's too soon for me. I think if this was something where A.J. Hinch had, it, you know, he did his time and paid his grievances, uh, you know, after, you know, a few more years and came back and said, I, I've changed, I, you know, I'm going to do it the right way. It's been a year, bro, and it was a 60-game season and uh, you know, people don't forget. So he is like the kid that shit his pants in third grade. People don't forget. Um, we know what you Looking did. Looking at you, Donnie. Look, yeah, like <laughs> I'm sorry. This this is way too soon for me. I think AJ Hinch is a complete fucking asshole. Uh, I'm very upset that he's getting another chance this soon. Like I don't care. Like people want to compare it to like any other sports athlete or, or player, prominent or coach, who had a second chance. Listen, I'm not against second chances. I'm against you giving them out so soon, just because you need, some, you you feel the need to be competitive, that quick. Like you're essentially selling your soul. That's how I equate it. You're, yeah. You're you're not giving this enough time. I think the Tigers are still a shit roster, so I'm not worried about them being good. I think the optics of this are just terrible.
0: Yeah, I I don't agree, or I don't disagree. I should say. Um, I'm not a fan of AJ Hinge. I just think that in terms of manager and roster, it's a it's a pretty good fit. Young, young roster with um, a rebuilding mindset, and you're bringing in a guy that that helped turn around the dog shit Astros into mm-hmm. the powerhouse we see him now. Granted, I'm not saying I see that happening for Detroit, but but it's no a one guy saw that, that happening for Houston ex- too. Exactly. It's well, there's the guy that called it, but. Um, I, I I think this is a good fit. I think this is a good fit in terms of uh of in terms of manager to roster. Now let's talk about the other signing in the AL Central. <laughs> and my, my 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 thoughts completely flip. What a terrible idea to bring Tony Larusa to Chicago.
1: This is. I mean, you want to talk about the office, dude? This is like bringing in Robert California, you know, way past his prime to manage a startup. Um, I don't like this at all. This reminds me of, you know, we've seen this happen in other sports where you bring like the wily veteran in to coach a a young scrappy team that has playoff and championship aspirations. This was going backwards. Um, I don't think Renteria got a fair shake either. I, think, I would agree. I think Renteria, this is the second time this guy's been cucked out of a fucking job in Chicago by an old veteran manager. Happened with Joe Maddon, now it's happened again with Rest Home. Um, I think this, this is fucking, this is just terrible. Uh, you have the youngest team in the sport, or one of the youngest teams I should say, in the sport being managed by a guy who's probably 15 years past his prime.
0: Yeah, a guy who hasn't managed since twenty eleven.
1: Yeah, so, and granted, the last year he managed, they got a World Series. I get that, but he also left.
0: I don't think that manages to me, or that matters to me.
1: No, but I think that matters. Well, clearly it does because there's no other reason why this guy would have been sought after the way he was. Um, I just, I just don't understand, like, why would you bring someone who's who's so far removed from the game for so long. To manage people That's that are at. are that are that are born in the new millennium.
0: The game has changed.
1: The games changed, and I mean, what is he
0: gonna do when when, when uh, on opening day, or actually not opening day, because I can understand high emotions on opening day, on a whole home game in mid May, when Tim Anderson flips his bat to the moon, because Tony La Russa would be the kind we got a bench dude for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it, there's a whole cultural shift that's happened since he left. I mean, he he's essentially Steve Buscemi. Uh, hello, fellow kids. Like, exactly. This is it's not a joke. I mean, that's essentially what we're dealing with right now.
0: It, it really is. I, I it's so frustrating.
1: It's frustrating too because you think about all the momentum that they made with Renteria with this young team, like i that's one thing I don't think you want to fuck with um when you have a young team that is energized and they're playing hard and the manager around them has the trust of the roster i I just want to know the thought process into why you want to replace them so bad and instead of bringing in someone new uh, and younger, you would go to a fossil like like the rest home um. To me, and I just, keep calling him the rest home because I think he should be in a nursing home at this stage.
0: That's fair. <laughs> um, I know his name. Came, he came out with a crisp die job for that opening uh, press conference. Touch though. of gray, just for men. Just, just for, for fucking men. Just for managers. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, their second right. pick too was Bruce Bochy, so it's not like they were looking yeah, well, through what the fountain here.
0: What are we doing here? This was this would have been a great what would have been a great job or great hire for the White Sox would have been to get an absolutely young, no name dude and just let him let this roster be this roster.
1: You know what would have been great if they went like the Yankees route and grabbed like Aaron Rowan? Who played in '05? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just grab his. Paul,
0: Paul Canerco. No,
1: on. no, it can't be Canerco. It can't be someone like that because like it has to be someone who was, who had a couple good moments but didn't ever get the like he never was embraced by the fandom while he was a player. But he he did a couple of good things. No, nope, I, I got from.
0: it. I got I got your guy right here, Scott Pesednik.
1: Oh my fucking god! That's a name I haven't heard in years.
0: Yep. I was I was literally in the process of looking up that 05 or whatever year they won the World Series. Um it was 05, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, I was looking up trying to look up that 05 World Series team and just pick off a random player and then Scott Pesednik popped into my mind. And I think Aaron Rowan was also on that team. He was. Um I think that's your answer though.
1: I think yeah, I mean like... Scott
0: Pesednik. Wow, he actually had
1: a decent little career yeah he was he wasn't bad i remember playing with the white Sox in mvp baseball 05
0: 281 career lifetime a thousand hits i mean yeah scott pesednik look at you he,
1: he put it together
0: first time probably anybody's ever said scott pesednik on a podcast
1: but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but scott, hey, we here love we you. are but here we fucking are um speaking of here we are in the state we're in right now uh, the free agent landscape this off season is is already just wild with all these guys not getting their options picked up.
1: Yeah, this is um, this is interesting. I think um, I mean I I personally believe everyone kind of saw this one coming um, when you yeah. looked at some of these vesting options that, that are club options. Um, you know when you see numbers north of fifteen million. For one season, after all the money that we know has been lost or estimated to be lost uh, going into this offseason, I think it's, it's. I think the shocking part of it is just seeing the names associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what makes it noteworthy. You know, the Indians, Brad Hand, Carlos Santana,
0: um, Domingo Santana Domingo in there Santana. as well. Not, not that he was a factor, but I mean, Charlie Morton uh Darren O'day I'm mean, Corey Kluber Colton Wong Adam Eaton J.A. Happ, Brett Gardner Sergio Romo Ryan Braun I mean a John Lester John Lester a, a significant amount of big names turned
1: away Mike zanino yeah I saw that one too um yeah I don't know I, I this this is this shouldn't be a shock I think you know, this is one of those situations where it's the after effect of COVID and losing so much money. However, uh, the issue is going to be what the market or how the market moves now, because players that got rejected an option or got let go or declined or or however you want to put it, um, they need to think realistically. Now, uh, you're, you're not going to, so John Lesser is an example I want to use. His option was for $25 million in a normal season after the season, the Cubs had, you know, let's say that they made the playoffs, everything was good and dandy. uh, You probably, you know, you take that option. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now that he's gone, he's going to have to sign for maybe a fifth of that for one year, just because no one knows the landscape of what revenue is going to look like. I think you're going to see a lot of low ball offers It'll be interesting to see how long these names stay on the market. It could be almost a repeat of what we saw a couple of years ago, where no one was signing until like January, February before a spring yeah. training.
0: And we get into yeah, like you said, we get into spring training and we have this look at this potential all-star lineup yeah. of guys that are still unsigned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm interested to see how this whole thing. Shakes out moving forward. I mean, I'm interested to see who is going to, um, who's gonna go, what the prices are gonna be, and when the ball is gonna fall. Because I think it is gonna fall eventually.
1: Well, I think the first thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna have to wait for the first, you know, marquee free agent name out of this group to sign, and I think in that case, it's probably Brad Hand. Mm-hmm. and that's where it makes it even more difficult because Brad Hand's a reliever that pitches one inning at a time. He's a situational reliever. Um, him signing for the the amount that he would sign for is not going to translate to what you would expect from a John Lester or a Ryan Braun or any of these other guys, uh, and that's what's going to be tricky. It's just that Brad Hand is definitely the... I would say the most impactful player out of this group. I think the rest of them are, are kind of resting on their laurels of being big name players uh, or, you know, veterans that have had success in the past. Yeah. I mean, where do we go
0: from here? If you are, if you're, if you're Rob Manfred, where do you go from here? Because you've already cried
1: poor publicly like let's not forget publicly yeah
0: publicly you've also come out on national tv to hand out the mvp award just absolutely obliterated
1: mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, i mean
0: i don't know where you go where yeah and, and like you you're bumbling this investigation of, of justin turner and you're
1: crying poor but you're 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 pouring funds into that yeah um That's the best example. This is just how stupid Manfred is. In my opinion, I think a lot of people share the same opinion. Uh, You know, Manfred, you just came out a couple days before the Turner incident and said we lost, I think, around like $11 billion in revenue losses. Um, So what's the next move? We're going to launch a full-fledged investigation into Justin Turner and how this happened. Okay, I'm going to save you a lot of money and time right now. You know how it happened. He got sick. Mm -hmm. You, MLB, had shitty testing protocols in place where you were looking at a sample from a day prior to the actual fucking game that was inconclusive, and you let the guy play under an inconclusive test that you have publicly acknowledged. So all the slander Justin Turner is getting, I understand it. I'm not saying go out and start making out with everyone on the fucking diamond. I'm just... I'm a little bit more concerned that MLB, for as long as they kept the season, you know, upheld or suspended, I guess, knowing that you needed to get the proper testing protocols in place, Um, and the fact that we got to the World Series and you were testing inconclusive results from a day prior, maybe that's a peek behind the curtain of how so many players got infected this fucking year. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, take a look in the mirror, Rob, because you're the reason that baseball didn't happen for so long. There was a lot of other factors, but you're the main reason and it falls on MLB and the testing and everything else that they were concocting. And it just basically came to light that you had no fucking clue what you were doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, it's so frustrating to, to think about what did this lead to? Did we see, Guy, Like you said, did we see this spread throughout other players this year because of these inconclusive tests and you just let guys go? And I get to a point that you can't drop everything because we probably would have never got games in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, man, you got to be sure.
1: Well, that's the thing, though. You had so originally, like I think, talks started started happening between the players' union and the owners and everyone in between during mid-May when they were trying to formulate a plan to come back in early June, and so that's an extra month on the season that you basically just let slip away, and a lot of it comes down to just MLB trying to make as much money as they can. And then I think what happened was they hit, the, like now it, the timeline makes more sense because I think what happened was they hit the panic button when they realized that if we don't play any games, there's going to be even more money that we're losing. Mm-hmm. So we need to do something here. And instead of, you know, and I don't know what they were doing in the previous months, you know, understanding that you probably need to get testing in place because MLB, I know there was no bubble. I get that, you know. There, it's not comparable to the NBA and the NHL in any way like that. Uh, but football's a good comparison. Like football's having issues, but not as widespread as baseball had when they first started. the Marlins, yeah. the Reds, the Brewers, um, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals. a lot of teams, you know missed a lot of games in what felt like a short period of time we didn't have baseball for like a couple of weeks. And I think this this was a good a great. You know, a testament to just how poor the testing was, because after Turner got pulled from the game in mid-game, gets pulled from the World Series like that, um, and then it, it, you find out that they were looking at test results that were inconclusive from a day prior. That's a glaring issue, and you know, this is supposed to be a sport that was getting ten thousand tests a day, or mm-hmm. whatever the fucking number was. But you know what I mean? Like they they definitely had enough uh, protocols in place to make sure this this was successful. That's what we were told. And now it comes out that no, they really had no fucking clue what they were doing.
0: Exactly, and to me, again, if the, if you guys had no clue what we were doing, we should have altered how this season was played.
1: It should have been a bubble from the beginning. Like it should have been a bubble from the beginning. I, I don't. I just don't understand what took what so was, long. What we, Yeah. What was
0: so wrong with an Arizona bubble, and we played at a spring training facility.
1: I, again, no. Yeah, you're we, right. There's we no suggested fans. that
0: we suggested that in June. I feel like. Yeah, I, I May, think we had this April. conversation
1: with Mitch and Joey back in May. Um, I, I feel like we, like we talked
0: about this a few times and said a bubble is the answer. Just do it. If these other sports are doing it, it. It's it's the right way to go about it. And guess what? It works. No, what? Uh, NHL didn't have a single positive test. NBA. Not a single positive test. These virtual bubbles that the NFL and the MLB are doing clearly are penetrable. I'm just going to I'm gonna use that word instead of faulty. Both, but yeah. A bubble, it, if a bubble gets popped, it's not a bubble. It doesn't matter no, if it's I, virtual or real. It's not that a bubble. That is no longer a bubble. That is... The, the fucking soap water that your dad gave you cuz he couldn't <laughs> afford actual bubble mix.
1: That's a that's a bar of dove soap and say have that is stupid.
0: Yeah, fucking except Rob Manfred instead of mixing it with the water and making his his fucking true value bubble mix <clears throat> is just taking that dove bar of soap and biting it like a fucking Snickers bar. Yep. Hey,
1: you're not you and you're hungry.
0: Rob Manfred's not a commissioner when he's alive. Satisfied? Um,
1: i am not no i i agree <laughs> I, I <laughs> that was a great back and forth it was i i agree 100 percent though I mean, if you're going to take this long to come back to play and we're being told that it's all about the health protocols and everything it basically goes back to what i said months ago when i wrote about it too it's about how do we overcome the pandemic well they don't give a fuck about the pandemic it, they're all about their bottom line dollars
0: and, they, and cents dollars
1: and cents it doesn't matter they could give two fucks about the pandemic and it you know this i think highlighted it more than ever and just how fitting that it was the last game of the season uh that they would have to televise that this happened
0: and the fact that it looks like um oh the season's over well you know what you guys go nuts like you know what it literally looked like to me was the guy at work that's sitting by the clock waiting to punch out and bang, five o'clock hits and a customer just breaks a jar right in front of him. You know that I'm I'm off the clock.
1: Yep. No, I mean, again, it's look what happened with, you know, the Lakers after they won. I mean, they had a fucking parade in LA and like, you're going to preach social distance and all this shit. Like everyone, the human element takes over at some point and people want to celebrate. So don't blame the players. Mm -hmm. Blame, the fucking lack of efficiency and protocols in place by the league that employs you. And in this case, the MLB really dropped the ball because we as fans now know or have an inkling that you fucked up on everything leading up to this moment. And now we understand why there were so many COVID positive cases in the MLB throughout the summer.
0: Yeah. And it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating that the sport that we care about most, number one, was just handled so poorly by our commissioner, and what could have been a glorious season—I still think it was a darn good season.
1: I thought it was but- entertaining. Like I'm not—I'm not denying it. Um, I just think now. It's interesting looking back at the timeline of events when you understand the context as to the why. The retrospective
0: is so frustrating. Yeah.
1: twenty 2020 and, and understanding now why why things didn't materialize as quickly as they probably should have, it, you know, it makes no sense to me. I mean, it makes sense in the sense that everyone's greedy, players and owners. Uh, I You know, I get that now. But, you know, we as the fans deserve better and the fact that they didn't put emphasis on what they you know basically came out and said that they were putting the most importance on testing and health clearly that wasn't the the forefront or, or the focus
0: the worst thing i ever do as a fan is think about or try to think, convince myself that owners and players love the sport as much as the fans do nope and that they're going to be Motivated by their love for the sport and not the love for money.
1: That's not to say everyone. Yeah, it's
0: not to say everybody, but as a whole, yeah, I would say, in generally speaking, in my own personal experience, the owners (laughs) and the players, and the the bodies that surround them, are more in search of green than they are for good, fun, baseball.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it's it's unfortunate, and we'll see what happens because. I mean, clearly the pandemic is, it, it's again, it's not going away magically. Um, we're going to have to deal with this. And we need to see now, like, they're going to have enough time where they're not up against the clock to figure it out um, in a sprint. So they're going to have some time to stew on this and figure out okay, what are we going to do next season? Mm -hmm. you know during spring training like do we go to a bubble if we can't have fans to start the season you have enough time now and if you can't figure it out now with a full off season then it just goes to show yeah it it goes to show like you just have no fucking clue what you're doing
0: happy halloween kids thanks for listening to to (laughs) captain what a what a fucking shitty note to end on but it's it's right where we're at and i think um this is the the off season that we're going to exist in now also uh can we point out the fact that the series ended earlier than it, than other world series have ended <laughs> like obviously but like even like game it's it's now we're recording friday night yeah it's it's now october 30th yep we've had baseball in november it's been 3 days since we've had a game yeah we could have spaced this thing out a little more
1: I mean, you could have. It's also it. It goes to show that expanded playoffs would probably stay if you can. Oh, yeah. If you can build a whole playoff structure within a month uh, like that, I think it's fine. Um, you know, I, I mean, my ultimate i guess my my outlook on this is if you can get through a pandemic like this granted a shortened season but still get all the postseason games plus some within the allotted time and not go over that limit then you should be okay
0: exactly agreed agreed all right that's a good one to end on <laughs> until next time he's seven i'm tommy we are out see ya <laughs> She's like it on top of the cover. Every babe, running my way look like a so-so Look at the cops, don't even care, you could just throw smoke. Uh, I'm Robin Hood on the beat. I get paid in LA and give it but back I to the dean. has got to go.